There we go. Voice notes unscripted episode two, really. And it's uh, coming at you quick and fast, but we're back again. So in this video, well, in this episode, we wanted to do in a bit more of an official introduction because we threw you in at the deep end there. So Rory, tell me about yourself. The non-pilot episode. Non-pilot. Here we go. We've got an audience now. So we, we dropped the first episode and we had some very kind people who said, you know, really enjoyed it. Um, there might have been some of you who didn't, but if you listened again, I'm assuming you did. Uh, and they said, we'd like a proper intro. So we're, we're going to give you that today. We're going to give the people what they want. Um, we so are. my intro. So my, my name's Rory. I'm 27 years of age. <laughs> Mate, it sounds like a dating no. show. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a personal trainer coach um like exercise professional whatever you want to call it um i've been in the fitness industry since i was 18 so um long story short i went to uni at the usual age of 18 did uh, sports science and luckily enough in my second year um we actually got to complete our like gym instructor and pt qualifications so at the end of your second year you could sort of roll out and get a job if you so wished in a gym so that's what i did um, I switched, mate, a little fun fact for you. I worked at Aldi from 17 to 19. Big man on the come up. Oh, mate, yeah. I, this is funny. So when I was 17, I, I wasn't even allowed to work on the tills, mate. I was fully shop floor. Yeah, grasping Sma- your bollocks off. Smashing out those snack right crisps. Oh, mate, mate, that's that's good for no man. No, that ain't. Because like that's, you think to yourself, I'll get, grab a couple of bags of them. We've all fell for that one. Mate, exactly. So in terms of like steps and, and eating enough food to bulk up, mate, it wasn't optimal, but we moved. Yeah. So uh yeah, went to uni, was still working at Aldi, end of second year, sort of 19. Um, got a job um at a gym as a gym instructor, uh stuck that out for about 18 months. And then like like a lot of gym instructors, really, you, you get to know the members um quite well and slowly but surely people start asking you about personal training. So I started that when I was probably 2021 um and then did it kind of like half and half so did a bit of gym instructor, a bit of pt till i was mm-hmm. probably till about 2017 so what's that five years ago so 22 and then got to a point where it was like right i can't fit no more clients in um so i just went all in basically dropped the gym instructor hours went all in built my client base up uh pretty much did that full time all the way up to 2020 and the, i won't say the c word mate but yeah the big the big c word struck in 2020 as we all know um and luckily at the time for a couple of months before it all happened i'd wanted to start building a little bit of an online client base anyway um mm-hmm. so i was training a couple of clients online obviously gym shut for a good time so that was all one-to-one work off the cards so i carried on my business kind of online um and just kept pushing it kept pushing it, kept pushing it and then when gyms reopened, um, I love I love one-to-one training. So I decided to kind of go back um, slightly less hours than I used to do. So um, I don't work certain hours anymore, as you know. Um, and I do kind of like a half and half split now. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been in the industry quite a long time, as you know. Uh, love education. So smashed a lot, a lot of education. Spent quite a bit of dough on education. Got a big course coming up next week, actually, mate. So I'm sure we can talk about that over yeah, the next for sure. episodes. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to keep rambling on and boring everyone, but that was kind of my, my entry into, into the industry. That's the 101. That's the 101. That's the 101. And if you were to ask me why I got into it, I think we spoke about this before. So when I was 15, 16, I had the worst acne you could imagine. 
And I remember at the time thinking like, right, I'm scrawny. I've got no confidence in myself. Like my skin's horrific. But I always felt with the gym, it gave me something I could control. So in my yeah. head, it was like, if I couldn't have good skin, <laughs> I could have like good muscles. <laughs> yeah, nah, mate. Nah, all jokes aside, that's like, I think that is an important factor because sometimes in life, life goes out of your control, doesn't it? And this is, yeah. we're going to get, we're going to get deep now. But like, when you've got these controllables, these variables that are under your control, they kind of give you like a little bit of hope in terms of, yeah, you know what? I can actually do what I want to do here and take this where I want to take it, you know? Yeah, mate, a hundred percent. I was quite fortunate, like at the time, to have a couple of friends who were into the gym. So it was the old, oh, come with you, show me how to do it. And then yeah, I'm on my way. Three months to a machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chest on a Monday, back on a Tuesday, all that good stuff. You um, love that still, don't you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually, put, I don't know if you saw the reel I posted earlier. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, but you're oh, gonna okay. give. Me, I want the lowdown. I want it timeless. Okay. It's basically me bashing the bro split. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I know. Uh, mate, I know. This is this is hot subject for you. This is at the moment, isn't it? It, it is. It is. So I, I won't get in that rabbit hole. But but yeah, basically that was that was the kind of key driver for me. And and long story short, like again, I ended up seeing like a dermatologist. Um, and if you've heard of Roaccutane, quite a strong yeah. drug. Oh, I have um, actually. It's real serious, that is, isn't it? Serious drug, yeah. <laughs> Long story short, it dries you from the inside out. So basically, mm. it will it will cure your acne, but it's it's yep. not a nice drug to take. So I had to do two yep. cycles of it. So I did four months on, a few months off, four months on, and then I've I've, I've never had it since. You know, and and to be honest, like I've not got the best skin in the world, but like you probably wouldn't know I've had really yeah, bad acne. Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. So, so mate, like that changed the game for me. Um, and obviously fitness was a big part of that. So that's probably why I ended up going down that route. Um, just to give a bit of context, like, because normally it's like, oh, I played sport, mm. blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I did a bit of that, but it was mainly the acne that kind of got me into it. So that's kind of my my story mate i've tried to be as quick as i can with that because i'd, I'd yeah, like the, to the, hear so, what your story is yeah for sure there's so many details in it. i mean just going back when you said oh i'm not going to say the c word i thought fucking hell we're going in here he's going to drop the c <laughs> next tuesday i was like it rough but no i know what you mean um <laughs> do you know what the, the, i like to say this to people because like people go to me like they like when you take someone who doesn't train oftentimes they they cannot comprehend how you have the discipline to be so consistent. Um, and they're like, 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 if you've got a missus or you've got everything's in order, like, how, why do you keep going? And I explain to them, maybe the thing that gets you into the gym is losing weight or like for a lot of young men, it's trying to like get more attractive so you can kind of, you know, get around with girls and stuff like that. Like that's the brutal honesty of it. But what you find, I think, is for a lot of young men, it, becomes very addicting at that point you actually start seeing this self-improvement this work on yourself mm. and then you're like man like I, i'm getting better and that becomes addicting and self-fulfilling and all of a sudden you're on this like really positive cycle of like the things i put into life like and the efforts i put in can actually have an outcome do you mm. know what i mean and i yeah. think like when i was younger like my parents were really good to me and stuff like that but i found that like if everything's done for you in that regard, you never you never really learn that lesson until life hits you in the face and you're an adult and you think, I've got to sort this out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mate, absolutely. The gym teaches you so many things, right? Like it it gives you purpose, it teaches you discipline, it teaches you patience, all these kind of skills that you can carry over to areas of your life. And mate, as you I'm sure we'll delve into now with your story, but like the amount of people or clients who have, are going through or have, have started a gym journey and, yeah. and they've you know it's changed their life in some way whether it's 
being confident enough to go for a job promotion, whether it's like being confident enough to like meet a partner, um, you know, so many like things they've they've done at yeah. the gym and learned from the gym has, has helped them in other ways. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 fascinating, isn't it? And when you were just speaking of that, like you often hear of these like crazy stories that like the outlier stories. You like, um, oh, someone lost like six stone or something like that, and you're like, you're like, wow. But you 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 do. But I think a lot of people won't make that link that you're just mentioning there. It's like if I look at my my progression now, I've gone on to a, a bigger and better job because mm. I've gained more confidence, more confidence in myself. I talk to more people, and it's this little like butterfly effect, isn't it? Wow, incredible! Yeah, man, for sure. So going back for me, there's a little bit of like a crossover here actually, which I really like. So um, for those of you who don't know, I lost a lot of weight. So I actually was that crazy kind of weight loss person. I went from about, I actually didn't, I was at that point where it was bad enough where I didn't want to actually jump on the scales to see where the damage was. So it was like 18 stone-ish. Um, and so like this past cut where I've leaned down and gone to Ibiza and stuff like that, I think I, I'm going to translate this from stone to KG because that's just how I've been doing things. But I think it was like 76 just floating around there like yeah. i have been there at the moment so that's like a, i think it's about six stone or something like that like as i was saying earlier um incredible and that journey that journey's kind of been an interesting one because it's kind of been my journey into adulthood really because as i was saying i didn't have a lot of responsibility for myself i didn't have to find my own way in life i didn't have to make my own decisions and like when i decided you know what i'm not happy where i'm at and again it's like i'm not really like putting my best foot forward here i didn't i just didn't move i was like that typical gaming kid and that was kind of a joke in school it's like oh you're probably on your xbox do you know what i mean and i was like you know i can't keep going like this so i am um, i got into training when i was well on and off over the years and many many tried and failed attempts you know what it's like the crash diets you would have had many clients like that i'm assuming they want it all and i want it all now and then let's how hard can i go to get the weight off and all of a sudden you fall off the wagon all the weights back on plus the rest the, the quick fix the quick the quick fix that is the really the long-term pain isn't it um so i did that but interestingly enough this is the crossover here so the gym rory works at i would have trained there when Rory was uh, an instructor, if I'm not mistaken, a young book, <laughs> a young book finding his feet in the <laughs> two, in this... two young books finding their feet. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So, like, I I saw Rory when he was like, like obviously we didn't know each other at this time, but uh, I saw him when he was like studying and doing his work and stuff like that, and like getting his qualifications, and it's like. Again, that's it. That's a progression in itself. But again, that's all kind of stems from this one place, the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's 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 lovely to see that kind of progression. Anyway, to kind of cut the, my story short a little bit, I then I've I got I lost a load of weight, got into running, wanted to get more into the to the weight training side of things again. And so I sought out uh, a coach's help. My brother put me in contact with Rory. Me and Rory have what I would say is we're cut from the same cloth. When we talk, we like to we like to find out why things work and how this works. And we're big into just kind of like saying, how can we get better? We accept that we're not the best and we have our little downfalls. But then what we would do, and this is where 
this is, it's like when you've got that mission on GTA when you play the Grand Theft Auto and the mission name Grand Theft Auto comes up. Voice note unscripted is from the fact that me and Rory would send like 10 voice notes, like two minutes each, just talking to each other, just waffling about like a subject. And we thought, you know what? We're going to, we should probably kind of turn this into something more productive because maybe people will want to listen. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's interesting because I think that I think the moment that did it for me was I must have bombarded you, mate, with like four or five voice notes, like anything from 30 seconds to three minutes long. And then at the end, I went, oh, mate, I'm so sorry for bombarding you. I like, appreciate <laughs> you really busy. And then you replied and the first voice note just went, don't you ever apologize for sending me a voice note. <laughs> love a voice note. Love so, a voice note. So we've, we've, we've bought it. We've bought it to the table. We have, we have, and like, I think it's like good for people that are listening to realize like, we haven't got a lot of things to gain from this necessarily. Like, oh, we're not looking to like, oh, go viral or anything like that. But for any of the lads or any of the ladies who want to listen in and kind of like are, are interested in the same kind of things we are, we, I feel like we're bringing enough to the table where we go down a, a rabbit hole or we we do our own research out of hours and stuff like that, and we have like different perspectives and stuff like that and we can then you might be able to take that away into your training into your life into productivity wherever it may be yeah absolutely i think yeah like you know we're, we're gonna cover a whole host of topics aren't we we already covered a whole host in the kind of first episode but you know obviously you know there's gonna be a lot of training a lot of nutrition um a, a lot of mindset lifestyle um just like we we like science we like data um but we like a laugh and a joke as well so we're hoping to kind of give you a little bit of everything really that's it so i mean that that's that's kind of the intro to what we want to achieve here and like as i say the benefit really is for me to sit down and have a conversation with someone who I know can I can learn from and he can learn from me. And then anything else from there is just a bonus. And that's that's kind of what we're going for. But one thing I've been doing today, and now I think Rory, you're in the same boat as me. You're in a I think you're quite deep into a bulk now, aren't you? Mate, d- yeah, definitely deep into a bulk sitting at like 91 kilos. <laughs> well, what's your like what's your lean weight? So the last time I was like at my leanest i was like 75 so that's and that but that's quite a long time ago now mate so yeah i would i I, it's hard to say what my what i think my Mm. lean body weight would be um i'm definitely a lot stronger definitely a lot more tissue but i actually think this time i wouldn't surprise me if i end up around the same body weight but i'm a i'm a lot leaner than i was but yeah um again scale weight's a topic we can talk about at some stage but yeah i am definitely pete bulk at the moment yeah for sure when when because again we were just sending voice notes and when you dropped in oh i'm at 90 i was like whoa that's serious that is because we're kind of the same height you know but like i would never be able to tell you were sitting at 90 which is a very good sign isn't it I hide it well, mate. You know, these baggy, these, yeah. these baggy sweatshirts, mate. They come out in these I, times. Mate, <laughs> I know the I know the drill. I know the drill. But that's like it's one of the things, and this is kind of what I wanted to touch on. Like for someone like myself, and I, I'm not sure how many clients you will have or people you would have interacted with that struggle with this, but for me, as someone who's lost a load of weight, and you'll know this already, but I struggle then to have the confidence to go back the other way so i've got this what i'd like i I was literally just talking to someone about it's a superpower now where i know 
Like at any point I can drop the weight and I can come back down to a healthy level. That's mm. fine. But just having the confidence to like continue to pile the food in, know that you're going to not look, not look your best. And that's, that's very subjective. And that, that's where probably where there's a bit of distortion. Um, but having the confidence to do that, eat more, and then you know, kind of reap the benefits. Can you like elaborate or any experiences that you've faced with that? Yeah, definitely, mate. I think it's important to like you know highlight that in the pursuit of muscle gain, and we're talking specifically about muscle gain here. So not necessarily yeah. getting leaner, not not necessarily kind of you know dropping body weight, but actually gaining body weight, which is commonly the goal for you know people who either haven't got a lot of muscle mass or people who've got very lean like you have this year, mate. And then the next the next kind of goal is then, okay, how do I add tissue to this frame? Then we know natural muscle gain is a painfully slow process. That's just the reality of it. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean it's not worthwhile, like it 100% is, but the reality is like muscle gain is, is quite slow compared to fat loss, right? So I think the longer you can invest in a gaining phase, the better. We know, we know from the research that, you know, a calorie surplus is the most optimal way to kind of, um, along obviously with resistance training to build muscle. Now you can, like before we kind of, you know, sort of jump off anywhere else, like you obviously can build muscle at maintenance, you can build muscle in a deficit under certain circumstances, but the most optimal way is always going to be in a surplus. So we've got this surplus thing, we're actually looking to gain body weight in order to gain tissue. But how do we kind of maintain health? Because, you know, mm. we hear these things about dirty bulking or bulking. You know, I'm drinking a gallon of whole milk a day yeah, and I'm having Domino's yeah. pizza. And 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 does does a bulking phase offer you a muscle gain phase, whatever you want to term it? Does it offer you an opportunity to be more flexible with your diet? Yeah, of course it does, because calories are higher. But at the same time, how do we ensure that you don't go down a road of you know a bit too much of that and actually losing some health and and actually gaining more body fat yeah quickly uh or, or or quicker than you're actually gaining muscle so there's a very fine balance to be struck but i suppose that's a good place to start with it yeah i think one of the things that has really helped me with with trying to do this is like coming from the position that you guys now know that i come from it's like Every little jump, so let's say we let's say my maintenance is 2500, which is quite close. I like to think of this as like when we jump up like 200 calories, where we're using that for just to just to feel out where the muscle growth is. Are we seeing benefits from that? What are the scale weights saying from that? If we're seeing the improvements, what gives me a lot of peace of mind is knowing that. I can sit on that 200, that that new um, calorie intake of 2,700, and I can enjoy that for a few weeks or even a month or so to get really get the benefits out of that additional food before our body adjusts, before we need to go again. As you say, to I think you've got that old style, and I think there's less of it now, but we, like the bro split and stuff like that, like where people would slam pizzas, where people have like they'll be taking liberties that's just like the uneducated way to do it in my opinion mate a hundred percent i think a nice analogy and and this this isn't original at all mate i've took this from someone so credit to whoever come up with this first but <laughs> a nice analogy with with kind of bulking and calories it's a bit like sunburn suntan so if you if you you know rock out into spain or greece in the middle of 
august or july and you're super pale you don't put any cream on and you stand you know you lie in the sun for like 10 hours you're probably going to get burnt you're probably not going to get a tan right and this is what people do with bulking they go straight in at the deep end you know way make way too many calories than they need you know they can't even digest that amount of food you know they're probably a lot of it's probably coming out the other end yeah um you know they feel lethargic they feel sluggish you know they're training isn't you know being executed that great their splits a little bit all over the place you know their recoveries all over the place so they've not built that foundation to kind of bulk from but if we look at that kind of wholesome tan thing of you know little and often progressive you know you kind of can stop out in the sun a bit longer yeah, as yeah. you get a bit browner um if you kind of use that approach with a bulk where you know you're recovering well we know your maintenance we know you're lean enough to actually be in a healthy position and your body's actually in a position where it can gain tissue because don't forget if you're if you've got terrible insulin sensitivity so you know blood sugars are high um you know you're carrying too much weight you've not optimized your sleep and your training bulking is probably pointless yeah. so so yeah it's that's the best way i can explain it it's suntan or sunburn when it comes to like you know muscle gain that's a brilliant analogy um and again I, I might have even mentioned this in the last episode but whenever it comes to like not only gym which is obviously we're seeing good progression it's like you see a physical manifestation of your work but anything in life really like short-term intensity always loses to long-term consistency you can only go intense for so long before something gives out and i think in this in this particular scenario like it's it's even more important because you, you need to you need to i'm a person and i've struggled with this throughout my life where if i've got this brilliant idea i'm like i'm all in i'm doing it i'm doing it now but that like you have to you have to change your mindset you have to actually minimize the variables that you cha- that you're changing so perhaps when it comes to the food we up the food a little bit and we just monitor and like you know this we're playing this for the long game we're in the marathon game not the not the, the short-term sprint as i was saying so just changing those variables monitoring that's that's the long-term approach where like again if you get the misinformation you see the instagram influencers and they've got their big like 7000 calorie meal or 10000 calorie meal all of a sudden your your perspective on how we gain muscle is totally like just broken i think yeah and and i suppose a, a good thing to mention is like it's like how do we how do we actually track muscle gain because obviously mm-hmm. when when you're losing body fat you've got scale weight you've got waist measurements you know well bo- any sort of body circumference measurements you know you've got you know bo- body fat calipers you know you've got pictures yeah um you've got all you've got so many metrics that will change weekly whereas with muscle gain um it it, it won't change weekly and actually like one of the one of the key things with muscle gain is just tracking your performance in the gym and mate like you probably get sick of me like saying this to you every week but like i always say like performance performance and 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 that is our main metric really okay yeah we want to see a slow climbing body weight we obviously want you to be um you know like over time maybe not every week but see some positive visual changes whether that Mm -hmm. be in t-shirts or in the mirror you're feeling fully feeling bigger but quite often that performance and what you're doing in the gym is the is the best metric and and mate like when you switch that focus to okay i'm now judging my progress not just on the scales but on what's going on in the gym particularly in the muscle gain phase how much better does it feel oh 100 and the and the thing is there that i think that goes the other way as well like if you're trying to lose weight, which a lot of people are, then if you're putting 
everything like if you're basing your day's happiness on the outcome of what the scales look like you're outsourcing that happiness to to a number that can change like if we like my favorite example for this is women actually um I, like i had a humbling experience of learning through like women's menstrual cycles and how much that can have an effect on the body of course mm. like if i think about it like simply of course it's a major change that the body's going through but then i'm also thinking like i i did the science and how many calories and stuff and like the differences and everything like that it's so insane that i was like oh my god like i i have i'm not taking this into account and then all of a sudden if this woman steps onto the scale when it's that time of the month and then she's like put weight on it's like you you and she's unhappy then and she starts to feel like less less about herself it's like it's just a horrible metric so you there are you have to use these different metrics as rory's saying yeah, one hundred percent, mate. It's it's so important, and and this is what like this is something that I really try to do in my work. It's to like try and educate people and make them aware of okay, how are we measuring this progress? Because if we're not measuring anything, that's not good. But but what's also not good and probably even worse sometimes is measuring the wrong things or judging oh, yeah. the wrong things. Um, and that's a big like passion of mine with scale weight. People, not enough people understand it, and because they don't understand it, mm -hmm. they react probably in the wrong way to it when it moves, when it does drop, when it doesn't drop. We have this yeah. real negative relationship with the scales, which ultimately can lead to a negative relationship with ourselves, a negative relationship with food and exercise. So, understanding what you're measuring, or at least having someone there to help you with that, is is vital. Yeah, it's like I think an, a, a really revolutionary thing I, I discovered was like you have to look at these as data points. Like we have to take the emotional element out of it. And like, again, with the scale, I'd like to harp on about that. Like, as Rory said, there's so many variables. If you had like if you've not gone for a morning way and you jump on the scales, all of a sudden you put like a pound or so on and whatever. Like you just have to look at that objectively and say, you know what, that's what it is today. That's what it is. And then however many times you weigh yourself on the scales and you go, okay, that's what it is today, the next day. And then you take that trend over a week rather than every day. Then all of a sudden you've got a more wholesome view of something that's happening. You can see a trend rather than one perhaps obscure data point. Yeah. Always judge, like you said, mate, always judge the trend. So like I always say to people, don't judge your weight off what you've seen that morning or that week. Judge it off the trend. You know, you yep. might be point, you might be point six kilos up overnight, but you might be three kilos down from four weeks ago. So it's it's no, you know, it's no stress. That scale is going to jump around. It's not something, you know, we're not just measuring fat when we step on a scale. We're measuring a whole bunch of of different variables uh, that can move day to day, hour to hour. For some of them, you know, like water intake, digestion, you know, toilet frequency, all these things. So yeah it's it's important to and this is why i think like we're so passionate about talking about these kind of things because you know if you don't understand it you can get yourself in a real muddle and ultimately not get the progress you want yeah you're like the annoying thing is you're on you're on such a positive path but like there are these hurdles and it's such as things with anything in life but as long as you start to get on this like you put one foot in front of the other and then you're making good progress and all of a sudden you get caught up in that moment and then you're looking at the wrong thing you can think the path that you're on is like a negative one although it's just 
you've just got to change your perspective on it slightly and you think, oh, here we are. Anyway, what I'd like to say based on that is, so scale weight, like <laughs> I've been having a lot of uh, big old meals at the moment um, to try and uh, improve, well, to increase my calorie intake because it's actually something I struggle with now because I, I try to eat so clean and so like in such a nutritious manner because when i used to eat before it's like takeaways you know bags of crisps like yeah all these high calorie like just wasteful foods for the body and my question is for rory really and i'll try and chime in to see if i've got anything anecdotally but have we got any suggestions for someone who's trying to put on muscle especially at this time of the year because we are just starting to go into autumn have you got any like suggestions for like a couple of go-to meals perhaps where we can get not only more calories, but also great nutrition. Oh, mate, I'm going to go down a massive rabbit hole. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. I think it's important to establish, okay, when your calories are high. So if we use you as an example, so you dieted on, what, 2,000 to 2,200 calories on average across your kind of dieting period, that that would put you in a deficit and you would lose fat, right? Um, now, now you're on the way up and we're kind of maybe sitting just above maintenance, very small surplus, like it's not a heavy surplus. So let's say, you know, you're averaging 3000, just above 3000 calories. So you've got this extra 800 to a thousand calories to consume every day. Right. So you're thinking, well, you know, how the hell do I get that in? And the issue with bulking is it, you get all the opposite effects to dieting. So rather than getting hungrier, your appetite rather than your appetite going up it comes right down and the more you gain for and the longer you push high calories the more and more that appetite diminishes right there's the other problem we've got is obviously it's very hard to eat kind of high volume nutrient dense foods when you're not hungry and you've got a lot of calories because you know if we take 100 calories of broccoli and 100 calories of chocolate what's easy to eat yeah like like you said no one got fat on berries right yeah, no one got fat on berries, right? So <laughs> so we've got this trade-off where we end up being not that hungry, but we've got to hit these calories. But then we also don't want to sacrifice, you know, nutrient-dense foods. And, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of nutrient-dense foods, what I mean is, you know, healthy foods, wholesome foods, clean foods, whatever your kind of term is. Like, I like nutrient-dense yeah. because, you know, something like broccoli is offering you a, mo- a lot more nutrients, micronutrients, than something like chocolate, right? We all know that. So how do we marry the two now when you were dieting mate would it be fair to say those 2000 calories were probably three meals maybe like one snack in there of pretty nutrient dense like wholesome foods yeah definitely that I couldn't have said it any better so as you went up to two and a half would you say it stayed fairly similar you just got more portion yes definitely so an example here to elaborate a little bit further would be a go from half a pack of uh, microwave rice to a full pack okay yeah perfect so now we're at 3000 it's getting a little bit trickier right because you're probably not hungry enough or it's probably not practical to increase your portions again right that's exactly right yeah so now we're at this bit of a a question mark moment i guess so okay the next question is then right how do we take that kind of gap of calories that you're struggling to get in maybe let's say that four five hundred ish and how do we like optimize that where you can consume those calories in a way that's i mean you're still having fairly nutritious foods but you're not struggling to shovel it in due to the low appetite so 
the easiest way to do this is look at the training window. So with the training window, we know we know the body from a performance standpoint, whether it's weight training, running, um, sports, whatever it is, we know the body performs better generally with carbohydrates mm-hmm. around the kind of training window. So that's pre, intra and post. So we've got like three options there to say, right, can we land some extra calories in those windows does that make sense yeah so we you we're using the workout as kind of a an additional meal timing or meal frame yeah yeah absolutely so and we've got options and you know you haven't necessarily got to use all three you might just start by adding a pre-workout meal or you might start by adding a post-workout meal um depending on which one you pick like you know you might do different things so we know post-workout the body is slightly more sensitive to protein intake and carbohydrate intake so it makes sense to have high protein after after the gym the old kind of golden rule of you best get your shake in 60 minutes yeah, post gym <laughs> um which is kind of true in a way like the 60 minute things is 60 minute thing isn't a thing like that's not exactly true but we are more sensitive to protein so a high protein intake um and a high carbohydrate intake post workout could be a very good thing we spike insulin insulin carries nutrients into the muscle cells, pancreas, liver. So it's a good time to start that recovery process with protein and carbohydrates. So we might have a scoop of whey or two scoops of whey as a shake and I don't know, cereal or squares bars because we want a fast acting, you Mm. know, we want a fast acting, it's easy to digest food source. We're not looking for broccoli salad you know we're not looking where, for things where that, the body's got to break it down exactly mate exactly you know chicken breast you know the body the blood isn't in the digestive system after a workout right so, no that's true <laughs> so and uh, the blood flows more in the tissues so it makes sense to have something easier digesting but then if we look at something like pre-workout we would go high carbs again but maybe we wouldn't want something so fast acting so mm. maybe 45 six minutes before a workout you might opt for you know something like bagels peanut butter banana jam honey so these kind of foods that aren't they aren't unhealthy there's some nutrient nutrition to them um but at the same time they're gonna they're easy to digest you don't need a lot of them to rack up your kind of calorie bill if you like yeah um mate as you know like two like one bagel one normal bagel with nut butter and banana that's going to give you three four hundred calories yeah i think i think i think the way i come at it from again is because i've I've gotten so into my head about requiring like not just not being wasteful because i love eating bread like that's a fact and i'm like i can't use that as like a crutch do you know what i mean so is that balance of like overdoing it with things like that yeah i suppose the the question is 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 that starting to creep into your other meals so let's say you start doing that but then you start not having fruits or veggies and kind of wholesome protein sources, wholesome carbohydrate sources with your other meals, then maybe that that diet starts to become or that nutrition uh, sort of plan starts to become maybe less nutritious than you'd like. But if you're keeping those big rocks of your kind of three, 
three meals plus maybe one snack of you know a, a protein source a fruit or veg source you know all this thing about different colors you know different sources of kind of like whole grains and carbohydrates if you've got that in your other meals across the majority of the week mm. you're gonna be in a good spot because you will never be able to hit these high numbers of calories required for bulking if it's always clean foods like a nice rule is 80 20 so if 80 percent of your meals are you know nutrient dense high in protein you know full of fiber different colors from different fruits and veg yeah and the other 20 percent is a little bit more sleazy if that's yep. like the right word you're going to be okay uh, yeah I, that's that's a good point and we, it's Pareto's principle isn't it the 80 20 rule that golden rule exactly um but yeah it's a it is a really really fascinating subject and the fast acting fast acting stuff like i remember like we you discussed that briefly with me before but i've never heard it discussed in in that length and like using um, a workout as an opportunity it kind of like it was a nice to do but not a necessity and i think i i classify i've got perhaps a distorted view on this maybe other people relate but I see like a tier list, like so you've got high quality foods, yeah. medium tier foods, and low tier foods. So lo low tier foods are like just straight sugar, sweets, and stuff biscuits, like that. Yeah, yeah, biscuits, great example. High calorie, just an absolute dump load on your body. Um, medium tier would be the like the jams and and like Bagels, the stuff. That yeah, more naturally occur. We've got some proteins and stuff like that. And then high tier, like the the great one, broccoli um yeah. chi high quality chicken sauces Oats. and so if we could yeah 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 that's it that's it so if we can just slightly drop into the medium tier and then every now go. and then every now and then yeah we do dive into that 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 horrible place down below just mm. just because you know you want to indulge and stuff like that but that's a if that's a framework people can use who find themselves in my situation then maybe that would be like really helpful yeah mate definitely i think the tears is a nice way of putting it it's very hard because again and i'm sure we can do an episode on this later like a little bit later down the line but yeah, rela sure. relationship with food is so important and probably yeah. we're we're in a position where you know we very much like our nutrition our training is very much like habit part of our identity who we are but uh, on a lot yeah. of people listening to this who are probably still getting into their journey or early days on their journey you know it's really important you protect your relationship with food so yes, as much as sure. as much as we just said chocolate biscuits cake is is low quality bottom of the tier like foods what one one thing we're not saying is that they are you know categorically bad we're just saying they are low yeah. they are low nutrient density so yes you will not get what you need from those foods but if we don't want to call them bad because if we call them bad or if you say i'm not going to eat those foods the question you've got to ask yourself is is that realistic you know because when christmas day comes around it's normal to eat chocolate it's normal to eat some biscuits it's normal to eat some cake um and it's not it's what you do most of the time will prevail so it's really important that you don't demonize foods you just see them as highly nutritious or high quality yeah. nutrients low quality and if you get that in your head you'll have a much better relationship with foods because it's okay sometimes to you know I'm off to London the weekend, mate, and I will be having a donut from Spitalfield. Yeah, market, for I'll sure. Now, um, and and does that mean that I'm suddenly unhealthy, or uh, you know, I'm a bad person, or I failed? No, it doesn't. No, well, this is it, and like, well, I think we'll we'll kind of bring it to a head here, but like, 
the decisions you make on a consistent basis they are going to be the they're going to be the determining factor on your progress you know so for example with Rory's donut that he's going to have that he's going to enjoy and he's going to make the most of he's going to enjoy that he's going to be and it comes into a bit more of a esoteric thing but he understands that that is coming from a place of indulgence like i'm going to enjoy it and i'm going to know that mindfully i'm going to appreciate this moment however if rory's habits dictate that he has one breakfast and he has one for dinner every day one he's not going to appreciate it it's just going to become it's just going to become the normal and then two like he, like he's not getting those new nutrient dense foods and that's why he's the framework he's using the outline to say that we describe foods as not good but bad but nutrient based that will give that gives you a lot to go off so when you look at that can of coke you probably think you know what what i'm actually getting from that and don't get me wrong as we say like that is an indulgence and when you go into that and have your occasional treat if that's one of your vices then you will appreciate that so much more mate yeah it's a really nice way to to summarize it and i suppose you know it, it, you've always got to look at the bigger picture so you know if if you if i posted a picture uh, on social media tomorrow with a donut saying, you know, a lot of people look at it and go, oh, that's naughty or that's bad. But what people don't see is I've also trained in the morning. I've probably yeah. done about 15,000 steps because I'm in London. Um, you know, I've, I will have a source of greens with my dinner. Um, I'll probably try not to go too crazy at lunch. So, you know, it, it, everything needs context. And when you add a donut to that, it's actually just a normal day just plus a donut as a as a treat but you know it's important people see that i love it i, I love it and this is again I, I i constantly harp on this i believe but it's so you've got to protect the source of content that you take in online like it's such a modern phenomenon that we're getting all this information we've got such a large group of people that we that we not only like value but we trust their opinions whereas it used to be we had like a group of like 50 like local people we're kind of still wired to that so when we see like hun literally hundreds of people throwing out content every day with what they think is the best or maybe this they've got the wrong end of the stick the misinformation you're going to believe that because we're wired to be just be really careful on the sources of information you choose maybe you fact check what me and rory say but do your own research is kind of what i'm saying and do what's best for you and i think we're the sort of people as well like if you fact like i'm sure you'd agree mate like if you fact check us a fact fa fa fact check <laughs> fact check <laughs> um if you check like what we say out like if anything and you have something to challenge us with we probably quite appreciate we quite, quite enjoy yeah, we that. grow from that because um, we, yeah. we grow from it because there's you know you listen to this like you will know you will know things that we don't know right so you know we're always like want to hear about that um and i'm sure there'll be episodes later down the line where we come on and we actually kind of yeah. maybe pull back some of the things we've said in these early episodes and say actually my my opinion's changed a little bit that's that's the that, and that's the process and like you don't know it all and you never know it all and you're always maturing and like if you approach it from this growth mindset which is something that's like a book whole thing but you look at this as in i'm going to learn a little bit more a little bit more each day then like you have you have then the right to go back on yourself and you don't have to die on your sword you're just gonna you're just getting better no mate uh, absolutely i couldn't agree more and i feel uh i feel we've 
I feel we've done we've done a decent job there in terms of intros and and going down a few rabbit holes. I, th- I, I think we've done a quite a wholesome way of going about it. We've kind of we've kind of ticked all the boxes, but we've given we've thrown a bit of fire in there to make it spicy. You know what I mean? So that is Voice Notes Unscripted Episode Two. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again very very soon. Cheers.